H-Y-Y and Billy Penn, it is hitting season. Hey there, podcast pals. I'm John Stolness from The Good Fight and Billy Penn. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. Coming up, the Phillies make an offer to Yamamoto. Does that mean they will sign him? We'll have some details on that coming up. Also, we'll take a look at the latest Hall of Fame ballot tracker and see how Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins, and Bobby Abreu are doing. What are the latest rumors regarding Reese Hoskins? A couple teams said to be interested in him. So we'll get into some of that stuff coming up here in the next few minutes of hitting season. But before we get into the show... We are very excited and thrilled and pleased and all of those different things to be nominated for the Best Baseball Podcast of 2023. Uh, This is uh, being done by the Sports Podcast Group. Uh, There are a number of high-profile baseball podcasts that we are competing with, Uh, and so we are asking you to vote for Hitting Season as the Best Baseball Podcast of 2023. So here's how you go and do that. You can go to my timeline at John Stolness on Twitter. Uh, I have a tweet there. You can also go to my Instagram, uh, which is also John Stolness, and you can uh, hit the link there and vote. Uh, you're just going to have to go down and it'll may ask you for a little bit of information. Uh, but uh, if you go to where it says Hit and Season, click on the little thumbs up where it says vote. Uh, you can cast your vote for Hit and Season to be named the best baseball podcast of 2023. But it's still pretty amazing. And awesome that we were among the finalists here. We're among 12 finalists chosen as best baseball podcast. And I'm going to also throw a plug in for my colleague, Justin Clue and uh, Dr. Trevor Strunk and their fantastic podcast, The Dirty Inning, because The Dirty Inning is also up for best baseball podcast of 2023. So take your pick, folks. And matter of fact, if you if you have two different email addresses, you can vote for each of us once or you can vote for one of us twice, however it is you want to do it. But tell your friends, tell your family members, anybody who's a Phillies fan, if they like this podcast, uh, to go to sportspodcastgroup.com and there you can find out how to vote for the best baseball podcast or you can just click on the link on my Twitter. We're also going to have a story up about it over at billypenn.com slash hit and season and that'll tell you how you can vote for us as well there. So you got about a month to vote. Um, they're going to announce the winners in early February. So then we will have some idea as to whether or not we were able to uh, beat some pretty prestigious podcasts out here uh, to win Best Baseball Podcast of 2023. But I'll be uh, sending you that gentle reminder here over the next month, as will uh, Justin and Liz, uh, as we try to uh, we try to win this thing. Or, you know, it would also be just thrilling to see the Dirty Inning win as well. Uh, both two Phillies podcasts among the 12 uh, that are nominated here is is pretty amazing. And Justin and Trev do amazing work with the Dirty Innings. So uh, certainly would encourage you uh, to go ahead onto my timeline at John Stolness on Twitter. Uh, you can go to the, uh, I think I have a Facebook post up as well and uh, on our Instagram and uh, at, at Billy Penn dot com slash hit and season. Uh, you can find all those different ways to vote. All right, enough uh, self-promotion and uh, us trying to to grovel to you to win a podcast award. Let's get into some of the Phillies news. There's not a whole lot to talk about, obviously, so we won't have a really long podcast this week, but uh, the Phillies have made an offer to the 25-year-old Japanese phenom Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Uh, Matt Gelb for The Athletic reporting that the Phillies have made an offer. We don't know what the offer is. And... The Phillies made an offer, but we need to caveat it because it is probably not going to be the biggest offer. The Phillies do not have as big a need for him as other teams do, as we've talked about before, Matt Gelb in his story. And this was later uh, supported uh, by Alex Coffey of the Enquirer, who also confirmed that the Phillies have made an offer. But the level of that offer, we just don't know. 
I think it's fair to be pessimistic that this offer will be the best one on the table. I think it's also pessimistic because to, to believe that Yamamoto wants to come to Philadelphia because he, all of his actions have shown that Philadelphia is kind of on a second or third tier for him. He has requested second visits in New York with the Yankees and Mets. He had gone to California to meet with uh, the Dodgers and the Giants out there. And that's where the Phillies went uh, when they did their presentation and Bryce Harper FaceTimed uh, Yamamoto uh, in that meeting. But he has not scheduled a meeting to Philadelphia. He has not scheduled a meeting to Toronto. He has not scheduled a meeting to Boston, some of the other teams that are said to be uh, making an offer or have already made an offer or want to make an offer. So I think you have to look at the Phils as well as the Red Sox and the Blue Jays as the less likely scenarios. It certainly sounds like... Yamamoto said he wants to play on, quote, the biggest stage, which I would take to mean New York. And it probably means the Yankees. The Yankees are almost certainly the favorites to land him. But if if that really truly is what Yamamoto wants most, if he's willing to sacrifice $25 to $50 million over the course of a contract and play on the biggest stage, aren't the Phillies just as big a stage nowadays? Haven't we learned that from these last two postseasons? Like that Philadelphia is maybe the best baseball venue in Major League Baseball? The Phillies are as relevant, if not more relevant, than the Yankees have been over these last few years, at least over these last couple of years, certainly more relevant than the Mets. Why would you go, Why would you choose the Mets over the Phillies? That just that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. And I got to believe his, you know, unless the Mets are just doling out a ton of Uncle Steve's money, more so like $100 million more than the Phillies are offering, maybe that's maybe that's how the Mets end up on top. But I think it's I think it should be noted he visited the California teams, he visited the New York teams, but Philadelphia and Boston and Toronto were left off of his cities to visit. But if you want to play on the biggest stage, it's hard to argue that there is a bigger stage right now in baseball with Bryce Harper and Trey Turner and Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, and you come on board here, Yamamoto, you're just going to make Philadelphia an even bigger stage. It's hard to argue that the Phillies do not have one of the biggest stages in Major League Baseball right now. Now, we have mentioned that of the teams who are bidding for Yamamoto, the Phillies probably need him the least. I mentioned it on a previous podcast, an article I wrote for The Good Fight. According to Fangraphs, wins above replacement, the Phillies have the best starting rotation in baseball. Now, Games are not won and lost based on Fangraph's wins above replacement. Aaron Nola's wins above replacement much better than his actual counting stats last year. And unfortunately, the runs given up, the home runs allowed, those do count. And those will send you to the loss column. And those will send you to the showers early despite high strikeouts, slow walks, right? So you need to be able to get players out. And Aaron Nola's wins above replacement last year was lower, much lower than uh, some other previous seasons that he's had. So it's clear he had a down year. I think we're all thinking that Nola is going to bounce back based on some of the changes he made to his mechanics at the end of the season. But the Phillies of all of these teams, the Yankees, the Mets, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, the Dodgers, the Giants, they all need a top-of-the-rotation starting pitcher more than the Phillies do. We've been saying that. That's why they That's why they might be more motivated to make a bigger offer, maybe an overpay, uh, for, for Yamamoto, more so than the Phillies. We're seeing that the Dodgers are reportedly weighing an offer that would pay him somewhere between $250 and $300 million. Andy Martino of SNY said the Mets were putting together what they called a very serious offer. Uh, pretty much all of the clubs have either 
submitted an offer or are likely to submit an offer. Now, keep in mind, this can't drag on for forever, but it does sound as though he will wait until after Christmas to make a decision on this. He does have until the evening of January 4th to sign. Now, he's not going to take all that much time. Um, and there has been some speculation he could decide by the end of the week before Christmas. But the New York Post's John Heyman tweeted uh, that while one executive involved in the bidding expected him to sign before Christmas, another suggested that he could wait until the end of just before the end of the year. So so we'll see. I, I, I don't think. Listen, it's kind of cool that the Phillies are in the mix. But uh, again, I, this doesn't sound like something we should be expecting to have happen. But you never know when Dave Dombrowski wants somebody. Generally speaking, he goes and gets him. And, and as we talked about on the last podcast, can you imagine a starting rotation with Yamamoto in it, with Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler and Ranger Suarez in it? I mean, what a what a top four that would be. And the Phillies then would have some decisions to make with regards to Taiwan Walker and Christopher Sanchez. Do they go with a six-man rotation? Do they try to move one of those two guys? Uh, does Christopher Sanchez become a, a bullpen guy? I would really hate to give up Christopher Sanchez as a bullpen guy, as a as a as a starting pitcher. Now, there's no guarantee necessarily that Christopher Sanchez is going to repeat the success in 2024 that he had in in 2023. With young pitchers, it's always kind of a crapshoot, right? It's a flip of the coin. But I really liked what we saw from Chris Sanchez during the course of the second half of last year. Maybe he figured some things out. And so I would, I would, if I'm keeping one of the two between Taiwan Walker and Christopher Sanchez, I'm trying to find a trade partner for Taiwan Walker. That will be easier said than done with three years. And I think it's $75 million left on his contract. And not a guy who is going to, you, you obviously want starting a playoff game. The Phillies didn't want him starting a playoff game, didn't want him anywhere near the playoffs and yet kept him on the roster. And again, that's one of the reasons why they lost to the Diamondbacks. But, um, if they get Yamamoto, they'll have some decisions to make with the starting rotation, um, but that is uh, that is unlikely, and uh, we'll jump off that bridge when we get to it, I suppose. Uh, the latest on Reese Hoskins is that the Chicago Cubs have long been the favorites to sign him, and we mentioned this on the podcast a little bit uh, too, but now it looks like the Seattle Mariners are in the running for him, according to John Morosi. Uh, so... How would he work? Teoscar Hernandez is leaving as a free agent, uh, so... You could squeeze him in there probably at designated hitter. Uh, Ty France is their first baseman, and it's likely that he would stay at first base. Uh, so it sounds as though Reese Hoskins would fit in Seattle uh, as the DH if he were to decide to go to Seattle. But I mean, I still think I still think Chicago is the best fit for him. Seems like a great city for him to play. Uh, they have a spot open at first base. I'm not really sure what's what's taking so long for them to sign him to a contract. Maybe uh, Reese Hoskins is holding out for a two or three year deal, and and teams are only willing to Cubs only want to go one year with him. Which I can understand that if you're the Cubs, you know maybe one year with an incentive laden second year on top of that. Um, old friend Andrew McCutcheon has signed a one year deal with the Pirates to return there for another season in 2024. He had a good season last year for Pittsburgh. Not an all star player, but he's a part time guy he can hit left-handed pitching and honestly he kind of would have made sense for the Phillies as a as a corner outfielder for for 2024 if you're not paying him a whole lot you're not needing him to be your leadoff hitter but there probably was just um enough residual Andrew McCutcheon was a disappointment feelings left over for them to go down that road there are maybe some other guys that would fit the bill a little bit better but right-handed bat not great on defense but if he's only playing left field and he's only playing against left-handed hitters 
you know, that could possibly have worked. So he's going to go back to Pittsburgh and uh, and continue to finish out his, his career in the place he should have been his entire career. Andrew McCutcheon in Pittsburgh, just it's, it's, a, it's a perfect match and uh, a happy story that he's going back to Pittsburgh. All right, uh, I want to talk about this uh, Hall of Fame voting that's going on right now. And if you don't follow Ryan Thibodeau on Twitter at not Mr. Tibbs, you're basically being left behind because he's keeping track of all the public ballots that are released and trying to figure out who is on a path to gaining election into the Hall of Fame based on the public ballots. Now, what you see on the public ballots is not necessarily what you're going to get from the final vote, because there are many members of the Baseball Writers Association of America that does not release their ballots publicly. They only do it They only do it privately. You don't have to release your ballots publicly, although it does sound as though there's a possibility the Hall of Fame will start requiring that moving forward after this year. We'll have to see if that's the case. But um, we are obviously tracking a couple of Phillies on this list. We're tracking Jimmy Rollins. We're tracking Bobby Abreu and Chase Utley in his first year on the ballot. Now, none of us thinks that Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins, or Bobby Abreu is getting in this year. But I think it's interesting to see the direction that these guys are going. Let's first talk about Chase Utley. Um, so far, we know of uh, 28 public ballots. That's only about 8% of the ballots known. So still a long way to go here. And I'm, I'm going to talk to Jay Jaffe from Fangraphs, who is maybe the foremost expert on the Hall of Fame. He wrote a phenomenal piece about Chase Utley's candidacy last week that I want to talk to him about. Um, unfortunately, you know, dealing with some illnesses and stuff like that. We'll, we'll work that out and have him back on the show, have him on the show. Uh, but, um, wrote a great article. You should all check out at Fangraphs about Chase Utley's candidacy for the hall of fame. So far, Chase Utley has been on 18 of the 28 public ballots so far. That's 60%. Now remember you need 75%. You need to be on 75% of the ballots in order to gain induction into the hall of fame. Generally speaking, the public ballots are about 10 to 12% heavier in favor of the player gaining acceptance into induction into the Hall of Fame. So the real number for Chase Utley will probably, if this continues to trend in this way, 60% of the public ballots means he'll probably finish up between 45 and 50% of the ballots in his first year. That's really good for a guy whose candidacy has been poo-pooed by many because of his, the shortness of his career, because of the lack of counting stats, the lack of postseason, uh, the lack of um, uh, uh, individual hardware, MVP awards, all that kind of stuff. Um, Chase Utley, if you look at his leaderboard, we talked about it last week on, on the podcast as well. He never really led the league in anything, but he was just such a great player with a peak that is among the best peaks in, in baseball history, especially for a second baseman. And that's, you also have to basically look at these players in terms of the positions that they play. So you're not judging Chase Utley based on Albert Pujols. You're basing Chase Utley on other second basemen, both who he played with and in the Hall of Fame. And to have 60% of the vote on the public ballot is probably a little bit higher than I thought he was going to. He is on the path to induction one day, and I don't think it's going to take all 10 years. Um, 
This is, this is a very good sign for Chase Utley. 60% of the public ballots, again, still very early in the process, but the public ballot people tend to be the younger voters, the ones who are more comfortable with social media, and they end up posting. They're also the ones who are more likely to use the analytics, wins above replacement, weighted runs created, OPS plus, all of the other different things that you could get, the base running numbers, the defensive numbers with Chase Utley. They're more comfortable voting for a player who is more well-rounded than somebody who just didn't get 2,000 hits. And so that's where Chase Utley is at 60%. Uh, looking at Jimmy Rollins, Jimmy Rollins at 23.3%. He's been named on seven of the 28 ballots. It might be a tougher road for Jimmy Rollins. This is his third year on the ballot, but he is going to stay on the ballot for another year. And that's really all you're looking for from Jimmy Rollins at this point is just stay on that ballot. And there's a lot of strategy involved for some of these guys because for some of these players who it might be their eighth, ninth year on the ballot, they're running out of chances. For a guy like Jimmy Rollins, he's got 10 opportunities, seven more in addition to this year. Like Chase Utley, this is his first of 10 possible opportunities. So there's not a there's not pressure to get him in now. So you don't have to vote for Jimmy Rollins right now. You Even if you think he's Hall of Fame worthy, you can save that vote if there are 10 other players on the ballot that you want to vote for. Now, if you're only putting like five guys on and you're not putting Jimmy Rollins or Chase Utley on, then I think you're doing it wrong. But, you know, we also saw um, an AP reporter have three players on on his uh, list checked out, I think it was, and two of them were Utley and Rollins. So while I appreciate the the the, homerous, the homerism, homerism of that uh, of, of that pick, um, <laughs> I'm not sure that was the best ballot in the world. But if you're going to err on the side of... Uh, of anything, err on the side of, of the Phillies, and, and you'll be you'll be in good graces with me. Um, definitely getting in this time, and his first year on the ballot will be Adrian Beltre. Uh, he's received, he's been on all 30 of uh, the ballots so far, um, 100% of the ballots, uh, 30 out of, uh, there's 28 public ballots and two anonymous ballots, so 30 altogether. So he's on 100% of the ballots. Uh, Todd Helton right now in his sixth season is trending in, the, in a good direction. He's at 86.7%. Joe Maurer, 80% in his first year on the ballot. That surprises me. That surprises me. Joe Maurer is going to be a Hall of Famer. Probably not, maybe not in his first year, but the way that's trending, he's going to be, he's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer. And then looking at Bobby Abreu, the other Philly, he's at 26.7%. His support is slowly, uh, is slowly going up. He finished at 15.4% last year. Um, so it's kind of trending around the same amount, uh, this year so far. So, um, that's where things stand on the Hall of Fame ballots that we're tracking publicly right now. Things looking pretty good uh, for Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, and Bobby Abreu, certainly for Rollins and Abreu to stay on the ballot and for Utley to one day uh, get that uh, get that spot in uh, the Hall of Fame. Well, I mentioned that uh, this is going to be a shorter podcast. There's just not a lot of Phillies news going on right now. Uh, a lot of new, not much news going around Major League, Major League Baseball. Uh, the Yamamoto thing. Eventually, that shoe will drop. Maybe the Phillies will be wearing the shoe. I don't know, but uh, probably not. Uh, but in the meantime, um, just want to remind you all to please, again, go to my timeline and, and vote for Hit and Season for Best Baseball Podcast of 2023. Again, it's at sportspodcastgroup.com, and that's where you can find all of the, uh, the best baseball podcasts, and you can vote for Hit and Season or you can vote for The Dirty Inning, uh, both podcasts worthy of uh, winning Best Baseball Podcast of 2023. Uh, and also check out billypenn.com slash season. That's where you can find all of our podcasts and all the great work that Billy Penn is doing. Uh, and it's uh, the great, also an easy place for you to vote as well because we'll have links on the, on the, uh, the news story there at billypenn.com slash season. Everybody have a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, and uh, we will talk to you next time right here on Hitten Season.